Hi folks, I'm Bob Main, and this is another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. Today is January 2nd, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope this is a much better year for you than 21. Maybe some of you had a good 2021. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are reporting that they had a good 2021, but mine, I actually, my year was not as bad as 2020. 2020 was the worst for me. So it's, it's fun. I like New Year's. I like starting off things fresh with a new attitude and a new vision. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, my new vision. It's kind of a repeat of an old vision from a couple of years ago or an old strategy. I guess that's a better word for it. So I'm going to talk about that, about basically sticking with the same gun or at least the same type and pattern of gun. It's a subject I've taught before and a subject that I've mentioned on this show before, but I would like to reiterate that and also talk about always knowing the condition of your gun. And when I say know the condition of your gun, I don't mean whether it's, you know, banged up or not, or whether it's malfunctioning or not. I guess that could be part of it. Or I'm not talking about, well, is it an old gun and are parts breaking? I'm talking about what condition is it in, in terms of ammunition? Where is the ammo? Do you have it chambered? Do you not? You should always know how to check and things like that. This show is brought to you by Keeper's Concealment. They are the leading authorities on appendix carry by far. And Spencer Keepers and his team, they do a fantastic job of not only making the proper holsters for appendix carry, but also teaching the art and the techniques of appendix carry. There's there's quite an art to it and you know, it's you've got to be able to do it correctly and you can do it safely. Contrary to popular belief, appendix carry is just as safe as strong side the hip carry. And if you take one of Spencer's classes this year in 2022, check them out, keepersconcealment.com. You will learn the proper way to appendix carry. They are also affiliates of CCW Safe legal protection you have to have if you are carrying a gun just think about kyle rittenhouse think about that whole trial and all that money and all that time spent just to prove what was obvious self-defense you could find yourself in that position and if you do you need ccw safe you can get a 10 percent discount use the affiliate code kc10 off that, that is in the show notes. That link will be in the show notes in case you can't remember that. Just go to handgunworld.com. Find the show notes for this episode. KC10 off. So time to get right into the subject matter. My new philosophy or my revived old philosophy for 2022 is to become a one, a one gun man. Now, when I say a one-gun man, I don't literally mean one gun. What I mean is not varying so much the gun that I shoot. 
I'm holding in my hand while I'm doing this podcast my Shadow Systems MR920 Elite. And I think this is the best gun I've ever owned. Shadow Systems MR920 Elite. Just fantastic. If you are a Glock fan, you'll love a Shadow Systems MR920. If you're not a Glock fan, you'll love a Shadow Systems MR920. Why do I say this? It is not because I am sponsored in any way by Shadow Systems. I'm not compensated or sponsored in any way. I own two of their handguns and I find them to be really good. It's a phenomenal striker-fired platform that is so ergonomically friendly. I saw somebody put a post on Facebook. An Asian guy put a post on Facebook, and he said, Finally, I found a Glock that fits my hands. And I think this gun will definitely fit your hands. An MR920 Elite by Shadow Systems. Now, that's not the main purpose of this episode not the main subject but i am going to shoot this the mr920 and my shadow systems dr920 the dr is a little bit larger i'm going to shoot these for most of 2022 the challenge i had last year is i was doing a lot of switching back and forth i'm not good at switching back and forth sometimes i'd shoot my glocks sometimes i would shoot my sigs Sometimes I would shoot my M&Ps. Sometimes I would shoot my shadow systems. Sometimes I'd borrow somebody's double action, single action gun. And I would shoot that. And you know, I just, that messes me up. I don't know about you, but it just, it messes me up. Now I find the shadow systems MR920 and the SIG P, uh, P320, no I'm sorry, the SIG P365 and 365XLs, I find those to be similar enough that for most of 2022, those are going to be the guns that I shoot. The Shadow Systems MR920 and DR920 and the SIG P365 and P365XL. A huge fan of all four of these guns. What is really cool And here is another part of my philosophy of becoming a one-gun man. And again, I don't mean just one gun, but a one-gun that's similar to the other's type of a shooter. And I should say a one-gun person, right? Let me be politically correct because we have so many women shooters and I'm glad to see it. It's it's a good thing. Become a one-gun person. The parts are interchangeable in most situations. That's what I like. Uh, I just recently made a nice purchase of ammo. And so I'm pretty well stocked of, of ammo now for 2022. I'm not going to say how much. But I'm but for, for my purposes, I'm pretty well stocked. So the, the, the great thing, the first benefit of becoming a one-gun person is ammo. You can stock up on ammo. And now ammo is down low enough in price and there's enough availability where you can start stocking up, folks. The ammo crisis is not nearly as bad as it was in 2020 and part of 2021. 
So get stocked up. That's one real big benefit is you can stock up on ammo and you can be ready. You can have what you need if you're a competition shooter or if you like to take training classes. You can have what you need if you're a modern day survivalist like me. You can have what you need if you just want concealed carry ammo. You can have what you need if you're just a, a range plinker and you like to just go and punch holes in paper because you think it's fun. And you know what? If that's fun to you, that's... You know what? I'm going to add that to this episode. I wasn't planning this, but having fun. I'm going to call this episode One Gun Person and Having Fun. Let me write that down. One Gun Person and Having Fun. Because let's face it. If it's not fun, you're not going to do it. If you have free time and you want to go shooting and the gun you're shooting is not fun, what are you going to do? Most people are going to go find the gun that is fun, and they're going to shoot the fun shooting gun, or they're just not going to go shooting at all. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want somebody to just not go shooting at all. So it's got to be fun. And so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I don't take the fun out of it. And these, these guns are just a blast to shoot. No pun intended. Ha, ha, ha. These things are just great. They're just great to shoot. So I'll be sticking with these four for most of the year. I'll be talking about them a lot. Occasionally, I'll go out with one of my other guns, like if it's just a range practice session. I have a membership at a local range here that allows me for a flat fee every year to go as much as I want. And so I'll go sometimes just to test something new. You know, I might go out there with a Glock 34. I might go out there with a Glock 19. I might go out with my M&P 2.0. If I get the urge to borrow somebody's double action, single action, or revolver, or 1911, that's what I'll do. I'll take those out to what I call the fun range. But if I'm going to compete, if I'm going to take a training class, and if I'm going to conceal carry, I consider those my three serious uses of guns. I'm taking... My Shadow Systems guns or my P365. Both versions. In terms of rifles, none other than either of my two AR-15s. I've decided to stick with the AR platform. Ah, I said that nasty word, platform. Nah, a platform is what somebody gets up and stands on and gives a speech. That's, that's a platform. Guns are not platforms. System. I have decided to stick with the AR-15 system because I just have a lot of accessories. I'm good at shooting them. I have a decent amount of magazines. I have a decent amount of ammunition for them. I know how to take them apart and put them back together again. I know how to replace a part. I've got the tools necessary. So this is part of becoming a one-gun person is sticking with the same system. So in 2022, I'm shooting my ARs. I only own two, but they are two very nice ARs. And by the way, they are in 223-556. That's what I'm sticking with. I know there's a lot of other cool calibers out there. I get that, but I'm used to shooting the 223. I'm used to stocking up on ammo. Whatever I want to do, I can. I've got the ammo to do it. If I want to go hunting, and yes, with the right loads, with the right ammunition, an AR-15 is a decent hunting system. 
I've got it, and I've so that's that's gonna. This is gonna be my go-to philosophy, and I think it enables you to get real good, because if you practice and train a lot with the one type of gun that you enjoy, it enables you to become more proficient. I don't care what that is. If you like 1911s, do it with 1911s, and if you like AK rifles, then do it with AKs, or if you like revolvers then make that your go-to system make that your one person gun system your one gun i shouldn't say one person make that your one gun person system whatever it is that you like but get good at it master it my goal for 2022 i'd like to improve my classification in competition i'm going to try to shoot some more idpa this year and i'm going to try to improve upon my sharpshooter status see if i can improve that a little bit uh, it's been a long time i'm going to have to practice i may not even be able to accomplish that goal until the end of the year it might take me all year of practice to improve on that but that's going to be my goal i like setting new goals for new years and that's in terms of shooting, that's going to be my goal. And I think by becoming a one-system gun person, I have a better chance of doing that. That's just me. Now, some of you might be different. I used to marvel at the people I knew in IDPA when I lived up in North Texas, when I lived up in the DFW area where I did for lived there almost 18 years i used to meet some people that were like three gun masters i don't mean three gun the competition league i mean they were master class in three different guns or four different guns i think there was one person i met that even achieved a five gun master classification five different types of handguns five different classifications he was a master i that i'm I'm impressed. I'm so impressed by that. I'm marveled by that. I cannot do that. I have to stick. First of all, I likely this year am not even going to get close to being a master level shooter. Um, I never have. I don't know if I ever will be. I don't know. It'd be nice. But to do it in multiple gun systems, Two guns, three, four systems, five different systems. That's just absolutely amazing to me. And if, if you've done that, if you've got more than one master classification in more than one handgun system, let me know. I'd love to hear about you. My email, handgunworld at gmail.com. Or, or send me a message uh, on voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I encourage people to call into my show. And if you don't mind, I'm going to put your comment or your question on my show, unless you ask me not to do that. And I'll make a response, but I'd love to hear from you. That would be great. I always post on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parlor. I always post links that are available for comments and everything like that for any of these episodes. So I'd love to hear about it. Do you have a master classification or do you even have an expert classification in more than one handgun or more than one rifle system? I'd like to know that. I think that would be really cool to hear from you. 
Now, I want to say a little bit more about having fun. You've heard us talk about this many times, um, and uh, Ben Branham and I, we talked about this in the last episode that we did that I released right before Christmas. We talked about guns that might not be fun to shoot, and a lot of them are real small, tiny guns. And sometimes they're just not fun to shoot. And I just still do not think that people are going to spend a lot of time punishing themselves shooting a gun that they dislike, very much dislike, because it's just not human nature. People are just not going to do that. Maybe your fun gun's a twenty-two, so get real good with your twenty-two. I still need to get a Glock 44 uh, in twenty-two caliber. I just think that would really be cool. But then again, I'm starting to think, well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's going to distract me too much. And then it's going to force my attention to getting more 22 ammo. I got lots of good 9mm ammo. I have lots of good 9mm guns. Yeah, maybe I ought to just let that thought of a Glock 44. Maybe I should just let it get out of my head. Go away, go away thought. And just not paying attention to that. And stick with my nice Shadow Systems 9 millimeters. Once in a while, a Glock 19 and my AR-15s and just call it good. Because when the stink hits the fan, when the absolute worst day of your life happens and you have to use your handgun or your rifle or shotgun, whatever it is, to defend your life, that's a bad, bad day. But it's going to be a lot better day if you are good, if you can perform, if you can make the hits, if you can deliver the shots that you need to deliver to save your life. Would you agree? And the best way to get good at that is you got to practice and you got to train and you got to keep your mind focused on one system of handgun or one rifle system or even one shotgun system. I shouldn't ignore shotguns. If you're good with a pump, stick with a pump shotgun. If you're good with a semi-automatic, then stick with the semi-automatic. And get the right kind of ammunition, get the right kind of loads, the right shells to make sure that your semi-auto is absolutely as reliable as it possibly can. And stick with that. And practice, practice, practice. I need to take a shotgun class. I don't know if I'm going to take one in 2022 or not, but I definitely need to get either get to some shotgun competitions or, or take a shotgun class. But I also have a goal this year in 2022 to get better with my rifles. I've always been much more of a handgun person than I am a rifle person. I've had a lot of emails sent to me saying, hey, Bob, you know, I've always been a rifle guy. I've always been a rifle gal. And, and now I'm having a hard time or a difficult time or a challenge shooting handguns. I just had somebody give me an iTunes review recently saying something similar to that, that he was good at rifles and long guns, but not not as good as he needs to be with handguns. And so that is my goal, is to only diversify between handguns and rifles. I have to be straight up with you folks and tell you that I'm, I really don't care for shotguns too much. I, I really don't. I used to. Used to like them a lot, but eh, I don't care for shotguns too much. 
I totally enjoy handguns and I enjoy rifles. Specifically, what I've talked about. 9mm striker fired handguns and AR-15 system 223 or 556 rifles. That's what I enjoy. That's what I'm good at. So that's where I'm going to put my focus for 2022. What about you? I'd like to hear from you. What are you going to be focusing on this year? What is your plan of action? You need to have a plan of action. People don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. Make sure you set those SMART goals, those SMART, S-M-A-R-T, goals. This is something I learned a long time ago when I was about 24 years old. I spent seven years working for Tom Hopkins. I consider him one of my mentors. Okay, that you folks know I'm a Christian. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. We just celebrated his birth. So it's God first for me. I also have human mentors, however. And some of my human mentors, one of them includes Tom Hopkins, taught me how to sell. And he also taught me about life and about goal setting. And SMART goals are important. S-M-A-R-T. You know what SMART means? Goals need to be five things. They need to be S, the S in SMART. And that stands for SMART. So the first thing that they have to be is a SMART goal. It's got to be something that makes sense to you. It has to be something that is SMART for your situation. Everybody's goals are different. The A means attainable. So they have to be SMART, then they have to be A, attainable. If it's not an attainable goal, you're just going to frustrate yourself and it's an exercise in futility if the goal is not attainable. So many people set goals way too high. Don't do that. Please don't set your goals too high. It's better to set a goal too low than too high because if it's too low, at least you you achieved it. And then once you achieve that goal or once you attain that goal, then you can move the bar up. So that brings me to R. It's got to be realistic. So goals have to be smart, attainable, realistic. Okay? It's got to be something that is within your ability. And that is what's called realistic. And it's got to be also something that's within your surroundings and something that is within your uh, capability, I guess. So if you set a goal that's a smart goal, for your situation, set one that's attainable so that you have a realistic chance of achieving it. And it's R, realistic, so that you're not setting it way too high and frustrating yourself and making yourself mad. That's, that, those are, these are the keys. And oh boy, I forgot the M, measurable. Sorry, smart measurable you know you have to be able to keep track of it attainable and realistic so smart measurable attainable and realistic how did i forget that m shouldn't have done that but how are you keeping i mean for example shot timers that that's an example of a measurable goal okay you perform a skill with a gun and it's on a timer and of course you want to increase the you want to decrease the time you want to increase your speed 
So that's how you measure it. Maybe it's the group size. You're measuring it by group size. You know, whatever it is, whether it's time or group size or both. Set a smart goal, a measurable goal, an attainable goal, a realistic goal, and the T is time sensitive. Make sure that it's time sensitive. You notice I started earlier in this episode by saying my goals for this year are, and I stated my goals. That's this year. That's my time frame. Okay, you got to put a time frame on it. You can't just make it indefinite. You can't just say, well, someday I want to achieve this. See, someday doesn't exist, folks, because someday means nothing. When are you, you going to get there? When are you going to achieve that goal? When are you going to make that goal measurable, achievable, realistic, and time sensitive? So one more time, SMART goals. S is smart. You got to make it smart. Okay, you have to make it something that is, that makes sense. M, measurable. A, attainable. R, realistic. T, time sensitive. And that's a little bit about goal setting in there. And that, this applies to anything. It doesn't matter if it's shooting. It could just be your general life goals. Now, let me get into the condition of the gun. The second major topic here is, what is the condition of your handgun? Is your gun in loaded condition? Now, I'm going to tell you what I think loaded is. I don't care what the law says. This is, from a practicality standpoint, what is loaded. A loaded gun is a gun with ammunition in the chamber. If you don't have a round in the chamber, you do not have a loaded gun, in my opinion. I have heard people say that they carry with no round in the chamber. And I say to that, why do you wish to carry an unloaded gun? Because that's what you're doing. You're carrying an unloaded gun. The thought of drawing your gun out of your holster, racking the slide, and putting a round in the chamber... When you have to defend yourself is, I think, personal opinion, I'm going to throw it in there. I think it's silly. I don't think it's going to happen. Why are you handicapping yourself like that? Why are you making it much more difficult to defend your life by not putting around in the chamber? So know the condition of your gun. When your gun is in the safe, what condition is it in? Know that. And by the way, if you put a gun in the safe, well, let me tell you, there's a couple of different situations. I have a small push-button safe right next to my bed. And I can access my gun very fast. That gun, the condition of that gun is always loaded. Fully loaded. A full magazine and a round in the chamber. And it's positioned inside of that safe where I can get my hand in there and I can pull that gun out very quickly and do what I need to do. I have another safe where I store some guns unloaded. Some guns that I know I'm not going to be using for a while, I'll keep them unloaded. Okay, just mainly because I want to use the ammunition for something else, for another purpose. If I put a gun in the safe 
Whenever I take it out of the safe, I check the condition of the gun. Always check the condition of the gun. Now, here's what I do. When I, when I am done carrying for the day and I put my gun in the safe, I carefully, deliberately, safely draw my gun out of the holster. I check the condition. So I pull the slide back a little bit and I check it. I want to make sure that it is indeed loaded because if this is going to be the gun I'm going to put in the safe next to my bed and I might have to use it to defend myself, I want it to be fully loaded. When I take that gun back out of the safe, I check the condition again. Okay, you might say, well, that's silly, Bob. You know, I can tell you there have been many times I've taken a gun out of my safe and it's not loaded. You know why it was not loaded when I took it out of my safe? Because I put it in there unloaded. And I forgot. I put it in there and I forgot that it was not loaded. Maybe I used it in competition. Maybe I used it in training. Maybe when I came home, I wanted to show it to somebody or something like that. And so I unloaded the gun so that I could safely and sensibly show it to somebody. Who knows? There's a lot of reasons. Maybe I was changing out ammunition and just maybe, you know, there are times when I go to a competition match, I take three guns with me, three different handguns. And even if I only use one, two of them are not loaded in my range bag. And so then I come home and I take all three guns out and I put them in the safe. I put one in the safe next to my bed and the other two, I put them in the safe and I, I don't even load them. So they're, non, they're not loaded when I put them in there. Be careful. Don't pull an unloaded gun out of your safe and put it in your holster and start carrying with it. That makes no sense and that's a bad move. If you need that gun, it's unloaded. You're screwed. So when you take your gun out of your safe, check the condition. Know the condition of your gun. Pull the slide back. Check it. If it's a revolver, pop the cylinder open. Check it. If it's a pump shotgun, you can check it. Pretty easy. Now, when I had a pump shotgun, I used to keep it. I used to keep an unloaded pump shotgun. And probably I would do it differently if I had a, a pump shotgun again. I don't have a pump shotgun right now. But I used to keep the magazine loaded, but I never had one in the chamber. And that was not wise. So I would think if you got a shotgun, keep one loaded in the chamber. If you have a rifle that you are going to be using for self-defense, let's say it's an AR-15, keep it fully loaded. Now, if you want to download your magazines a couple rounds or whatever, if you feel more comfortable doing that, then, then download the magazine a couple of rounds. But keep around in the chamber, safety on. That's a ready-to-go rifle. If you have a 1911 handgun, fully load it and cock and lock it. That's a ready-to-go 1911. 1911. If you have a Double action, single action, like a Beretta or a SIG. Load it up, chamber around, decock it. That's a regular, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a, a loaded gun that is ready to go. So those are my thoughts on that. Those are my opinions. If you have something different, 
Okay, I'd like to hear from you. 210-646-1727. Handgunworld at gmail.com. Know the condition of your gun. What do you say? I think that's probably a pretty good idea. At all times, know the condition of it if it's in your holster. Know the condition, the exact condition of it if it's in your pocket. If you're going to show someone your gun, please know the condition of your gun. And it needs to be absolutely unloaded if you're going to show your gun to somebody just for fun. I'm not talking about showing your gun to the bad guy because he's trying to kill you. I'm talking about your buddy comes over and you want to show him or her your gun unloaded. Double check and triple check. And hand it to them with the slide locked open and no magazine in the gun. Visually inspect the chamber. I like to take my flashlight out and I like to shine my flashlight into the chamber because that helps me see the condition of the gun. That helps me absolutely check it visibly. Okay. I even like to, while I got it locked open, run the slide a couple times just to make sure there's nothing in there. Then I hand it to the person with the barrel down, slide locked open, and I hand, them, hand it with the grip pointing towards them. Barrel's down to the floor. The grip is pointing towards them with no magazine in it. Slide locked open. It's perfectly safe. And if I'm showing somebody my gun, I am not going to give them a magazine full of ammo. I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to give somebody a magazine. I've seen someone do that once. Why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to give? It's just, just don't even do that. Okay? You hand somebody a revolver, make sure that the chamber is clear and the cylinder is open. You hand somebody a shotgun, make sure it's clear and the action is open. You hand somebody a rifle, same thing. It's clear and the action is open. Know the condition of your gun. Now, if I said anything wrong or if I said anything unsafe, forgive me. I don't advocate anything unsafe with a, a gun, so call me out on it. I don't mind if I did. I'll correct it in the next episode. But I am just a big fan of knowing the condition of your gun all the time. You, you ever heard of accidents where someone says, well, uh, I was cleaning my gun and it just went off. B.S. That's an example of somebody that did not know the condition of their gun. That is baloney. Guns don't just go off when you're cleaning them. Something or someone pressed the trigger. And they did not know the condition of their gun. Their gun was in fully loaded condition. And like a knucklehead, they pressed the trigger when they were, quote unquote, cleaning the gun. And that's when accidents happen because you press the trigger. I have heard of people shooting their car with a gun from inside. Because, guess what? They were being careless with their loaded gun and they pressed the trigger and put a round through their dashboard. I know somebody, I'm not going to mention their name, 
that did that and told me about it. Come on, folks. Know the condition of your gun. Always. Now, we know that one of the four rules of gun safety is to treat all guns as if they are in loaded condition. Right? Treat all guns as if they are in loaded condition. That will solve 95% of all gun accidents. That will prevent it right there. Treat all guns as if they were fully loaded. And then, of course, don't pull the trigger unless you intend to destroy or kill something. And, you know, we can we can talk about the four rules of gun safety. I've seen people say that there's eight rules of gun safety, blah, blah, blah. However many rules of gun safety you want there to be, I think if you always pay attention to two of them and two of them very, very diligently, and that is treating as treating every gun as if it was in loaded condition and don't put your finger on the trigger unless you want to kill something or destroy it, they're, they're right there. There's most of the problems gone. And obviously we know the perfectly obvious, all right, keep your muzzle pointed in a safe direction at all times. So in case you're a bonehead and you don't know your gun was, was loaded and you press the trigger when you should not have, as long as the gun's pointed in a safe direction, no one's probably going to get hurt. So, I, you know, just knowing the condition is so vitally important. I think the uh, rule of gun safety of knowing your target and what's beyond it, I think that's very important, but I think it's the least important of the four. Because if you're treating it as if it's loaded and you're not being an idiot, if you don't press the trigger until you absolutely want to shoot or kill or destroy something, you're like I said, you've solved 90% of the gun problems, gun accidents. And then keeping that muzzle pointed in a safe direction, now you've probably prevented 98 or 99% of gun accidents. You also want to know the condition of your gun in case you have to use it. You need to know how much ammo is in that gun at all times. At all times. How much ammo is in the gun? If your gun... If you load it to full capacity, this one I'm holding right now, my Shadow Systems MR920, 15 rounds in the magazine, one in the chamber, 16 round gun. I carry it that way and I shoot it that way. Unless I'm shooting IDPA competition that only allows me to put 10 rounds in my division that I shoot, 10 rounds in the magazine and one in the chamber to start the stage, then I only have 11 rounds in it. Otherwise, in any other case, if I'm not shooting IDPA, Stock Service Pistol Division, I have 16 rounds in this gun. And I know that. If I'm carrying my SIG P365, I'm carrying it with a 12-round magazine and one in the chamber. I got 13 rounds in that really nice little gun. So, I always know how much do I have. So, I know how much I have to, how much ammo I have to, to win the gunfight, right? The other thing I want to re I'm going to mention here at the beginning of 2022 
that I want to reiterate is that be able to learn to win the fight with the ammo you have in your gun right now. Don't rely on reloading your gun. Please, don't rely on reloading your gun. Do you remember last year the interview that I did with John Correa from Active Self-Protection? You know, he's analyzed. I bet you right now probably, what is it, 30,000 he said he, that he analyzed? 30,000 gunfights that he analyzed on video. And I asked him a direct question. How many times did the person that was defending their life use a reload? And it was some ridiculously low number. Where you have to actually have to reload to win the gunfight. You need you need to get the gunfight over in with the magazine that you have in the in the gun or the or the cylinder you have in your revolver. Okay, if you got a five shot revolver, you need to win the win the fight with five shots. If you got a six shot or an eight shot revolver, that's what you got to win the fight with because revol- reloading a revolver for most people is extremely slow. Even reloading a semi-automatic handgun is extremely slow for a lot of people. I mean, yes, people can do it fast. High-level competition shooters and high-level defensive gun uh, trainers and students, they can reload quickly. Most average people that own a gun, uh, it takes them a long time to reload, even a semi-automatic. How do I know this? I've seen it. I've trained them. I've been on the range with people that are relatively new, and I watch them take five or six seconds to reload too slow. Too slow. But that's because they haven't trained. Learn to win the fight with the ammo you have in the gun. So know the condition. And if you have a 10-round magazine, but you've only carrying you're only carrying eight right now in it for some odd reason, know that. Know how much ammo is in your gun at all times. Always know what type of ammo is in your gun. You might say, well, Bob, that sounds kind of silly. Well, what about shotguns? A lot of people I have heard, they will, in their shotgun, there'll be staggered rounds in there. There'll be buckshot and slugs staggered for self-defense. In other words, one shell might be buckshot, one shell might be a slug, one shell might even be birdshot. If you're doing that, know which is which. Practice it. Practice it over and over and over again. If you stagger your shells in a shotgun, for example, know what you got in there. Okay, if you got a revolver and you're putting snake shot in your revolver, know which one is the snake shot or two or three, whatever it is. Practice. Know it. Don't be a fool. Don't be an idiot. And find yourself in some kind of a situation where you don't know what exactly is in your gun. Don't be carrying around an unloaded gun. Don't depend on an unloaded shotgun or rifle for home defense. Then it's just a good club. It's not really a gun. Self-defense gunfights, they happen within seconds or split seconds. So you don't have a ton of time. If you think so, I would urge you to rethink your thinking and do some research and, and talk to the people that, that have actually been in gunfights and ask them about their time frame. Ask them about how fast did all this go down. A lot of people report that by the time that they even knew a fight was happening, it was almost over. 
Okay, that's it. I've pretty much hit my self-imposed 45-minute time limit. So, I hope this first episode of the new year, 2022, was beneficial. Thank you, everybody. I am near, I'm getting close to 6 million total downloads. When I get there, I'll let you know. But I'm getting close. And I'm now beginning my... Well, I'm actually, I'm finishing up my 12th year of doing this podcast. Uh, in August, it'll be 12 years. So I'm about halfway there to... No, it'll be 13 years. How about that? In August, it'll be 13 years. So I'm midway between my 12th and 13th year. It is only because of you. I really appreciate all of you listeners. It just really amazes me that you listen to this show and you keep on doing it. I get emails or voicemails from some of you that have said you've been listening to me like since episode 5 or 6. Or I think I, I one time I, ha- I got an email from somebody that started listening to me from back in episode 1. Uh, that's just that's just amazing. And I and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you can also support me by using my Amazon store, just click one of the links at handgunworld.com. Click one of the links that are in my Amazon store and then do your Amazon shopping that way. You can use your Prime account and everything doing that. You can you can join my Patreon page for as little as $3 a month. You can hear exclusive podcasts and see exclusive videos on there that I've produced. A lot of them for as little as $3 a month. Think about that. that that's a Oh, it's almost nothing, folks, but it's a big deal to me. So I would love to get your assistance on that. And also take care of my other sponsor, Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic outside the waistband holsters and inside the waistband and hybrid holsters and belts and magazine carriers. I use mag holders that are sold by Concealment Solutions. I use Cobra outside the waistband, all Kydex holsters by Concealment Solutions, and I use one of the Concealment Solutions belts. So check them out, concealmentsolutions.com. You get a discount of 10% by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. That's all, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye.